Hey, welcome to the Press On Podcast. This is episode 108. My name is Justin. I'm so glad you are joining us. This is week two of our How to Study the Bible series. Now, if you weren't with us last week, uh, I alluded to this idea of how important it is for us to study the Bible, and I couldn't think of a better way to start the new year off by by just really diving into to really practical ways for us to study Scripture. Uh, I mentioned this last week, but if you're interested in more detailed um, topics like how to pick the right translation or how to do a word study, go to our YouTube, check out the series we did last year on how to study scripture. Uh, But like last week, I want to just give um, some practical tips as we work our way through the book of Philemon. We started it last week with some practical tips, and if you don't remember what those are, really quick. Um, I would like to give you those. Uh, Number one was choose a translation that you understand. Number two was choose a time and a place and a plan to study. Number three was understand the context. Number four was read slowly, ask questions. And number five was pray for God to speak to you and apply what he shows you. It is so important for us to be in the word of God, but sometimes it can be very difficult. And so, um, I want to give practical ways in in which to do that so we can get this year started out on the right foot. Now, like I said, we are journeying through the book of Philemon, and so real quick, we want to make sure we know the context. That's the first thing you do when you want to read Scripture. You can't take Scripture out of context, make it say what you want it to say. We need to let Scripture breathe and say what it was always meant to say. Say So, Um, When looking at context, it's important to ask three questions. Who wrote it? To whom is it written to? And what is the purpose of this book? Now, Philemon, we know that Paul was the author. It says right there in verse 1, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother. Paul tells us at the very beginning of the book who wrote it, so there's no question. We don't even have to look at the end like we do on letters today. At the very end, we usually sign our name, Sincerely, Justin. But no, Paul starts off his letters with his name, so we don't have to wonder. Who is he writing to? Well, he tells us there in verse 1 again, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker. He wrote it to Philemon, the name of the book. It's right there. What do we know about Philemon? Well, we know he was a businessman. We know that Paul led him to Christ. We know that he leads a church from his house. It says right there, um, to Philemon, our fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house. Philemon leads a church from his home. We also know about Philemon that he had a slave named Onesimus. Onesimus stole from Philemon. He then ran off, escaped to Rome. Once he got to Rome, who should he meet in Rome? Onesimus met Paul, the person that led Philemon to Jesus. So Paul meets Onesimus. He helps um, lead Onesimus to Christ. Um, Onesimus is saved. He becomes helpful to Paul. And that leads us to the purpose of this book. What is Paul asking Philemon to do? He's asking him to forgive Onesimus, to to welcome him back. And that's where we're going to pick up in verse 12. But remember, we need to understand the context. We read slowly, and then we pray for God to speak to us. So we're going to start in verse 12 today. It says this, I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. 
I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but of your own accord. For this perhaps is why he was parted from you a while, that you may have him back forever, no longer as a bondservant, but more than a bondservant, as a beloved brother, especially to me. How much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if we're reading that, it, it might not be saying much to you yet. And when you feel that, like you're like, okay, that's nice, it makes sense, it's not really speaking to you, well, keep reading. Because Paul continues in verse 18. We'll skip, well, I'll read 17 actually. He says this, so if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. Here it is. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand, I will repay it, to say nothing of your owing me, even your own self. Paul says, hey, I'll pay a debt that I don't owe for this man. I don't know about you, but that reminds me of the gospel. Philemon 18 is a, is a reference back to the cross of what Jesus did. I mean, even in the Old Testament, Isaiah 53, uh, before the birth of Christ, in, in the, about the year 7C, uh, take a look at this. Isaiah 53 says this, Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. The debt we owed, Jesus paid. Whatever we needed, he he provided. Truth is, is a lot of times we think when we're sitting down to read scripture, what can I get out of it? How is this about me? The truth is, the Bible isn't about you. It's about God's love for the world. It's about redemption through Jesus. It's not about you. It's to you. And since it's to you, it's helpful for you to see yourself in it. It's it's helpful for us to 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 look at it like we're looking in a mirror and looking at our lives through this this love letter that is written to us. It might not be about us, but it's to us. And, and so in the book of Philemon, there's three main characters, and we can ask this question: Who do I relate to the most out of these three characters? Am I like Paul, who who is taking a risk on somebody that that has messed up? Am I once miss a person that needs forgiveness, or am I Philemon who's being called to forgive? Which one do you relate to? Truth is, is if you read Philemon at three different points in your life, God's going to speak to you in three different ways. Maybe one time, you feel like Paul. And you relate to Paul because you're taking a risk on somebody. Maybe maybe God has placed somebody in your life who needs you to believe in them, to give them a chance, to, to show the world that, that they have changed and God can change people. 
maybe another time you're reading and, and you feel like once miss, like like you've committed a sin and, and and you've confessed it, and now you're waiting for that forgiveness. Maybe maybe you lost your temper or you lied to somebody or you're caught in an addiction. And sometimes you just feel like once miss. One of the things you can do when studying scripture is to grab a concordance. And and if you look up a concordance, you can look up different topics and they'll give you Bible verses. And, and if you were to look up forgiveness from God in the concordance, 1 John 1, 9 would say, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And sometimes it's hard to forgive ourselves, but we remember we need to remember that we receive forgiveness from God. And and maybe another point in your life, you just really relate to Philemon. Someone has hurt you. Someone has betrayed you. You need to forgive them. Maybe a friend talked behind your back or somebody you trusted lied to you, somebody that you really admired, you looked up to, you opened up your life to them. They took advantage of you. Forgive them. Oh, but I don't want to. That that, that means that 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 I I, I forget how it's it's worded. Uh when when you forgive your when when you are holding on to a grudge against somebody, yeah, it, the only person you're really hurting is yourself, but but we feel like if we forgive somebody, we're letting them off. That 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 will still carry around that hurt, but that that other person gets off a lot easier. And so so we think we have the right to hold on to that grudge. Remember the context of Philemon. Once Miss stole, he ran from Philemon. And Philemon had every right in those days to brand his uh, slave to to beat his slave to execute his slave, and Paul says, "Don't don't take him back as your slave. Take him back as your brother. Forgive. How do we do that? Well, look in the coordinates. Concordance. Look up forgiveness. Ephesians four thirty two. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you." When you're you're holding a grudge against somebody, take some time and think about what God has forgiven you from. Maybe that will change some things. What is it that God is showing you in the story of Philemon? Apply it today. You know, the Bible isn't meant to, to inform us of all the stuff that happened. The Bible is meant to transform us from the inside out. And that starts by reading scripture for what it is, not for what we want it to be. A lot of people say, why should I read God's word? What What is it going to do in my life? Well, it depends what you need. If you're hurting, God's word is going to give you hope. If you're lost, God's word is going to give you direction. If you're doubting, it's going to help you build your faith. If you're anxious, it's, it's going to teach you to cast your anxiety your cares, hey, and it's going to give you peace. If if you're trapped in this life you never wanted, you're going to see truth, and that truth is going to set you free. I heard this, this saying, and I, I really love it. 
says this, I love God's word. I need God's word. I depend on God's word. His, his word saved me. His word sustains me. And I want everybody that I come in contact to know and love his word just as much. So can I encourage you today to this year, 2024, it's not too late to start today to commit to reading God's word daily. It can be two minutes a day. It can be 12 minutes a day. It can be 20 minutes a day, two hours a day. Do something. Get in God's word daily. Too many Christians say they're Christians and then sit around and do nothing. They say, oh, I talk to God throughout the day. I think about Scripture throughout the day, but how many people rarely ever open up Scripture? I know two things that live forever. The souls of people. Some people get to spend eternity with God. Some people don't. That's just the truth of it. It's harsh. But their souls will live forever. But the other thing that will live forever is the Word of God. Man, do I want to be gleaning each and every day from something that will last forever. Hey, I'm really excited. Next week, uh, we're going to spend a couple of weeks diving into the book of Psalms. We're not going to spend a hundred and some weeks uh, looking at each psalm, but but for several weeks, we're going to pick out some psalms, and we're going to to really apply some of the stuff we've talked about the last two weeks and really dive in um, to this book. It's going to be a great time. I can't wait to see you then. But but as you get into God's Word, even in the difficult moments where, where you just, you're tired, you, it doesn't make sense, I just want to encourage you to do one thing, and it's the same thing we encourage you to do each and every week, and that is to press on. Hey, I can't wait to see you next week. Until then, adios.